This is Big Man Tyrone, and you're about to watch the MTG Cabal cast with your hosts, Wode, Thirsty, and Reptar. Sub to us on all your podcast networks at MTG Cabal cast and YouTube. <laughs> all right. Hey, guys. Welcome to the newest episode of the Cabal cast. Uh, we touched a little bit last week that we were going to be going over some Modern Horizon stuff this week. So our topics today are going to be basically staying agile during spoilers, what that means, how you can protect yourself against getting blown out on like a bad spec or going all in on one spec, uh, you know, picking the targets, and then just general guidelines for pricing and grading because we've each received some PMs about some discrepancies and wanting advice on that. So with that we will start it out with the guidelines for pricing and trading. So one of the things that prompted this in addition to the messages was floating around some of the Facebook groups. There was a post by someone working with someone else in the industry that basically said, hey, I will buy everything at 50% of market on buying collections. Mm -hmm. And there were some astute financiers out there who were immediately like, okay, will you buy X amount of this card? at 50% of market. And the one that really stuck out to me, uh, which rep, if you could bring it up on the screen here, this is Legends Greed. So Legends Greed, market price is 65.48. The listed median is 65.24. At the time that post went up, uh, now there's still about two to three copies that are under 50% of median. There were copies as low as $26 on TCG. And someone posted, I will buy at 50% of market. So what did someone do? They drop shipped all the copies to him because obviously. Yes. And That's what you do. yeah, that that is what you do then. Uh, basically, the reason I wanted to touch on this is because you can protect yourself by knowing how certain things work. So there's two big metrics on TCG that you can easily access just by looking at any individual card, and that's market price and listed median. Mm -hmm. They're both bad. The reason median is bad is if you've ever taken a basic math class, you know what median is. So when someone lists a tabernacle of the Pendrel Vale priced at a lifetime supply of Boston Market, which was a priced listing at one point yep, with a photo. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, when, when that happens and they post it for $15,000, it's gone now, that impacts the median in a big way. That yes. was, you know, when Soldevi Excavations hit, all that kind of stuff, when it popped last year during the reserve list bubble, that was basically the type of stuff that was going on. You would just have someone list it super high, and boom, there it is. So the market price is bad, particularly on old school and reserve list cards, mm -hmm. because it is not a timed metric. Uh, it is a historical numerical metric. So yes. a certain number of sales have to occur before the market price shifts, which is good from a market principle because it's only worth what somebody wants to pay. Yes. But it's bad from the trading principle because some people just don't want to pay anything on a card. So market being 65, low for LP is still $32 on that Legends Greed. Mm -hmm. Which obviously means there's no movement there, there's no liquidity, there's nothing. So one of the things that I generally suggest people do when they're starting out or just trading to protect themselves, you know, find an app you can use uh, and 
if you trust it, like I use MTG Familiar, for example, figure out your margins based on that. You can pull up median, low, or high. And anytime you buy, if you're an LGS, if you're anything, if you know what you're doing, buy it low. Mm -hmm. You can price it mid. You can price it market as a store. People understand generally. Always buy it low. Because you're protecting yourself as much as possible. You're giving a fair value to the person you're buying cards from. Because if they want to sell them, they need to sell them for TCG low. Mm -hmm. They're just not going anywhere. And margin-wise, like for me personally, if I'm trading someone, I always try to get about 20%. Full disclosure, I'm a value trader. I think everyone should be. Uh, if, you know, unless it's something that you really, really want, and then, you know, I'll go straight across for it. Or if it's someone who's a really good client of mine, I'll go straight across for it. Uh, there's a couple guys, I think they're in the Discord now, that I've dealt with for a while that I told them, hey, look, you know, I... My, my rules exist, but they don't apply to you. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're one of the good ones. And it's something that I see a lot of people doing, and especially younger in their careers. They go out and they think they have an idea of what they're doing when they're trading, and they just get bent over yeah. and take a bunch of licks. And that used to be how it was. You know, I, I once traded a playset of Force of Will for a book promo arena, uh, when I didn't know that Force of Will was $20 at the time and Arena was only 30 Got it. And I just didn't know. Now we're in an age, though, where we have all this information right here immediately in front of us, and we can get it, and we know. Yes. And I think it's important for everyone that's out there on a trade floor, everyone that's at an LGS that trades, make sure you protect yourself because the feel-bads feel real bad. Oh, Absolutely. And I think, you know, we've all seen that guy who goes to an LGS at some point, maybe not recently, and they'll see a new player and they're like, oh, I'm new to this. And they get that glint in their eye because they know they're about to take that kid for everything he has. And that's not OK. So please educate yourselves, educate other people and make sure you know what pricing metrics you go by. Mm -hmm. Uh you know, we discussed prior rep uh, to recording here how MKM and Haruya can be your friend. Yes, especially when so, it comes to foreign things. The U.S. market is much different than uh, other markets that specialize. Yeah, uh, and you know, I up, you know, in New England, it's probably you probably see a lot more foreign stuff than we do here in the Midwest. Yes, uh, but it used to be, yeah. you know, ten years ago before card market was a thing, and I'm sure you remember. You'd go to Gen Con and see a pack foil Japanese card with a 15x multiplier. Oh, for, and it could be a yeah. common. for infinite, just because it was super hard to get. Yeah, it was hard to get. The information wasn't there. And, you know, card market, and this is, I, I don't know how you things, how, if you trade on card market or you go off card market, what process do you use? Off MKM? Yeah. I mean, like, if, if you're trying to figure the value, how do you go about that? Uh, so... It's difficult because I need to do the, the Euro to USD conversion. Yeah. And if I'm going to pull something off, that means shipping Yeah. and custom fees. So I basically need to look at somewhere in the neighborhood of 75 to 100% uh, value coming from Europe to the US. So if I'm going yeah. to move it, you know, uh, when I pulled Oracles of Moldea out of uh, Europe, I was pulling them out for under uh, 12 or under 15. <laughs> And listing them for 20 plus here. 
and my margins were super slim. I was making maybe two to four dollars each. Um, oh yeah, uh, uh, and that was just as an experiment. I knew yeah. nobody in Europe wanted those cards, and in America, I knew there were uh, people were looking for them. But this was like two years ago. Yeah. So now that I've done it enough, I know what my margin needs to be, and I can't effectively buy a list from Europe into the US. I can't just ship to a buy list. It has to be done through TCG Play or eBay or Facebook sales. Yeah. So that's what I do. I, I spend a lot of time doing it too. Um, I spent hours putting together a list of about 12 cards to pull over. And it was like uh, Debtor's Nell, Aura Shards, Oracle Moldea, uh, Mycos and Flattis, and uh, Cloud Key. And yeah. I had them all in time for an Anime Boston. Not this past one. So three years ago is when I did this. I had yeah. all the cards in time to put in a case, and that's how they sold, and that's actually how I made decent margins. The moment I had to put them up on TCG Player was, uh, and I knew this ahead of time, I knew that my margins were not going to be great there. I was going to kind of scrape by. Yeah. And now I need 75 to 100% to, to make it worthwhile, or to buy an insane volume. Yeah. I think I brought I... like 12 to 15 of everything over, and it was like a 200 uh Two to $300, maybe in the, somewhere between 250 and 275 is what I spent to bring everything over. Yeah. And I, it's not I, bad. No, I, I definitely made some money on it, enough to keep some of the oracles and uh, I think some of the cloud keys that are going up in the US. So I'll, I'll make money long term. But that short term was a, a great experiment. It, it showed that the amount of time that I put in to target these cards specifically to do my research between. Uh, MKM and the US looking at TCG player and, and various BIOS at the time. Uh, Card Kingdom hadn't really come up so I was looking at a number of different shops. Targeted those cards specifically, had somebody in the EU that I could trust to send everything over uh, shipped with tracking and it it worked out really well. But my margins, like I said, were super slim at that point and, it, and this time around I, I need a larger margin to make it worthwhile or infinite volume. Yeah, That's me. Uh, Japan is different. Japan is very different because Haruruya as an individual vendor does things a lot different than MKM. Yeah. Haruruya, if you pay attention to their sites, does ridiculous sales on certain things. Um, you know, we had uh, Jeremy Muir on here from Troll and Toad not too long ago, and I think it was two years ago, one winter, Haruruya just sold a ton of Planeswalkers for under two, S do two US dollars each. And yep. Troll and Toad just basically bought as much as they could from uh, Hararuya. Just to arbitrage into the U.S. because the market was here. Uh, all English. Yeah. And Troll just listed them. And you can do that out of Japan because they are very specific with the cards they play. And if they are not meant for constructive play, their EDH cards, they just rot, essentially, in yeah. Japan. And I don't need somebody over there. Hararuya ships to the U.S. They're an individual vendor, like I said. And I move stuff over from there into the U.S., so, uh, at least once a month. Yeah. And my margins don't have to be huge because shipping from Hararuya is pretty cheap. As long as you're you're not ordering like I don't know how many kilograms worth of cards. Yeah, I, it's it's cheap and it's actually very quick. Yes. Uh, especially compared to how things are like for Europe, where you know I, you know I use one of the Cabal guys for most of my importing, and I it usually takes about a month to a month and a half yeah. for stuff to get here. Hararuya, it gets to you in like two weeks. Yeah, Japan tops. Post is really quick about it, which is which means it's a very quick turnaround, so you could probably list it about five days after you order, and that generally yep. gives you that seven-day rolling uh, buy list window that you want if you're going to do it there or if you were going to list on TCG Play or Facebook. 
you should have the padding you need uh, to do that. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's it uh, Hararia, I should say instead of it. Hararia is more my go-to arbitrage than MKM. Yeah. And it's it's been pretty key to to pull over a lot of stuff, but especially to back stack on. Uh, if I think something's gonna pop in EDH, I'll check Hararia before a lot of US vendors, because I know Hararia or Japan as a whole does not really play EDH. So, yeah, it'll be much, much cheaper over there. Yep, and I can so. just buy infinite bulk. They don't, not, sorry, not infinite bulk. I can buy infinite quantity because they don't, uh, they don't lock down quantity. They don't care. Buy them out. Yeah, the, yeah whereas like Mini Market or Card Kingdom or even Abu, yep. they've all got their stuff gate kept, you know, like you, you can't get more than this much. Yep. And that's it. And Haruya, it doesn't matter. No. Uh, they can have a hundred of a card and they'll let you buy all hundred. Yep. The one instance where this is not the case is with new sets mm -hmm. uh so okay. war of the spark i ordered a bunch of foiled japanese tomix because they had them for 400 yen which is like three yeah. and change yeah three dollars yeah US. and english foils were like seven dollars yeah. so obviously plus that card is just busted in half and and legacy um yeah, pretty good. yeah that they kept me at eight and wouldn't let me do any more because it was pre-orders Oh, okay. So I've never once they're, anything. yeah, once once for pre-orders they do gatekeep. Other than that, though, you're generally fine. Yeah. Whatever you want to do, go for it. Yep. No, I, I I like ordering from them when I have to. Uh, there are certain things that I pull over in Japanese that I sit on that I can count on them to restock fairly reliably because it was uh, not a Japan-only product, but it's in Japanese, which means it's harder to find uh, around yeah. the world outside of MKM right now and uh, Haruya. Those are my two go-tos. Yeah. Oh. So it, it, it depends on where I'm looking in regards to the marketplace and what I'm moving in. And it's taken me a long time to figure out those those margins and those markets. But it, it's, it's definitely worthwhile to have done the work and understand what's going on. You know, yeah, for sure. Not being a large vendor, either of us, we don't have the ability like uh, Star City to use uh, a forwarding address or any other or some of the other people in the U.S., you know, face to face games does GPs in Europe, so they can just yeah. uh, let everything hang out there and then pick it up and bring it home, and they arbitrage that way effectively off MKM, and uh, yeah. just Europe in general. And then you have like Galactus Games that kind of does the same thing, but they are from Europe, so they just yeah, literally so it's a little move, bit harder for them. Yeah, they just literally move the sock over here. Yeah, and and, and it, that's a game that's all about margins and understanding what you need to get to make things worthwhile how you want to grind what your ROI is what your time is worth yeah you know, that, that's all part and parcel it's not like sitting down to trade against uh, not against but with somebody mm -hmm. you know, if you want to make your margins there because you know what you're going to be getting is worth more on a buy list than what you're giving out that, that's fine and your, your time is worth money obviously but you're not going to be sitting there grinding with somebody for hours on end to try and you know eke out a couple bucks yeah definitely so, not. so you don't have to worry about the human capital involved in that like when it, i don't care that much about margins and trading i usually pick up stuff that i know is currently popping or looks like it was going to yeah i picked up summoners packs when they were a seven i would take them all that i could find on one fnm because seven dollars for that card was ridiculous at that point in time amulet had just gone like back to back in star city events like why is that why yep. was that card seven dollars pick them all no reason nope i just ate them all gimme 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 and it's yeah. just even trades people want to doom whispers and other standard mythics planeswalkers whatever take them i don't care i don't care about the yeah. standard get that crap out gone 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 
Give me, <laughs> give me modern playables. Give me uh, staples for formats that people actually care about. I don't care about rotating crap. Okay, go. No, it's garbage. Yeah, I'll, I'll make my margins up in the end. The only thing I'm not sure I'm going to make my margins on are like my 200 Sunbirds invocations. I don't know. I I think the I think odds are good there. It it'll get there. It's like it's got to. It's inevitable. I it's... I think so too. But I like my entry price in uh, on those like twenty five to forty five cents because I bought them all off like TCG Player and uh, and Troll. So like wicked cheap. It's just I need to wait for buy. There we go. Seventy two cents on buy list. Did it. Yep. Did it. We're done. See, oh. told you. That's easy. Yeah. Card Kingdom wants one hundred sixty seven. I'm in. So there you go. He, that's insider trading right there. Yeah, that's what that is. Everyone, it, that's insider trading. It literally inside you just my trading. It. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> done. No, I. I also don't represent a store. I'm an individual, so I don't have to worry about my margins like that um, when I do my yeah. own trading. When I do work as a vendor, though, that then that changes. You know, I have uh, my buy list that I that I I need to work from, and then uh, trade bonuses, what have you, cash yeah. credits, everything else. Yeah. Yeah, and and those are two completely different things. Um, mm -hmm. Also, when looking at trading and buying as an individual, the other thing I have to look at is when I'm buying, when I'm collection buying, I have a floor. And if yeah. the price of your card doesn't broach that floor, then I have to evaluate it effectively as bulk. And my number on bulk is going to be less than a buy list. Why? Because now I am assuming risk. Yep. I am sitting on those cards and I have to find a way to out them. And nobody wants bulk right now. Uh, no, I could have gone to Providence. It's a five-hour drive, and maybe have gotten rid of bulk if I wanted to bring it. Like I got a one k of bulk right now. Thank God, that's as little as I have. But that assumed risk is something that a lot of people don't understand when they're selling cards to an individual in the area. I'll, yeah, I'll pay well on format staples for modern and legacy standard as well. If I, oh yeah, if I know I can get rid of them. But knowing what that floor is and explaining that to people is also really important and, and part of. Um, part of the deal basically yeah i mean i you know i i pay 65 percent on real cards yeah and my bulk number is three dollars if anything's less than three dollars i'm assuming a lot of risk taking that so i'm going to pay a bulk on it yeah because it's really hard to one make money on a card that low if you sell it through tcg yep. and two i don't ever want to sell just that card yes you want to bundle it I always want it to be with something else, and that's, you know, kind of a risk. That's also where, you know, card stuff like Cardsphere can come in handy because yes. you can fill it out. It's, a, but, it's another arbitrage method. You buy it from a local, yeah. put it on CS, and maybe you can get rid of it there, and even in one package, it's still fine. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that just came into play, and we talked about this when they announced it, was the shipping change at TCG Player. Uh, yep. I got my email uh, sometime this week from TCG player. It's like, congrats, we're finally rolling this thing out, which basically means that you can spend less than $2 on any single store. And, uh, the, <laughs> nice. The assumed shipping cost is <laughs> now on the, now on the store. So yeah. that floor that I was talking about, because my out used to be TCG player for, for bulk stuff like that. Cause like I said, nobody wants it now has to be raised. If I want yeah. to, if I think I'm going to out it through TCG player, that's, yeah. that's the other thing. So, Training practices versus buying practices and knowing your margins and your your outs is really important to this, regardless of whether... I'm, as a store, you should understand your outs, but as an individual, that that's different. And it, it is, again, as we harp on it, one of those things that a lot of new people just don't understand when they come in. 
Yeah. They might just want to buy everything. They might just want to be a card vacuum. Cool. What are you going to do with it once you have it? That's why I'm very picky about what I buy locally. I don't want to buy standard. I do not want to buy standard. Even if it's no. the hottest planeswalker. Except card. Yeah. I'll I, buy cards until they ban them. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's an eternal card that happens to be in standard. Ta-da! Figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. I'll buy them all day long. But other than yeah. that, I don't care about Bolas. I don't care really about Ugin. Like, F it, man. That stuff's gone. Specking on standard cards is different. I don't buy those yeah. from locals. I won't trade those from locals because I don't want to spend market value on those. Yes. So, you know, as we move into picks this week and you go back and you look at some of the picks I've made that are standard cards, I'm not picking those up from locals. I'm not trading for no. those. I'll take them as throw-ins if we need to, like, even things out, but I'm not yeah. targeting them out of binders. Yeah. If Unless I thought it was, like, the shock lands, then sure. You know, that... You know, we're seeing some some of them pop finally after sitting at lows for uh, I don't know what now almost a year from uh, Ever. the first yeah. draft set feels like forever ago yeah like if I if I thought they were they would pop sooner I probably would have pulled them out of binders but I just this time around I didn't care it's a third printing they've kind of lost their luster in that regard yeah I think original printing is the way to go and I just didn't care what happened to the new ones they go up they go down it doesn't matter to me that I don't think they're gonna hold as much value as the original ones. Yeah, it doesn't really do a whole lot. But talking about specking on standard cards, you know, moving into the, the next topic about staying nimble or being agile during spoiler season, this is kind of a, an anecdotal topic uh, based on what happened uh, this week and some of the things we saw with the spoiling of uh, Mama Bear. Not yeah. literally Mama Bear, the actual legend that pumps up your bears. Um, I don't feel like putting yep. it up. Y'all, y'all, you guys can go to Mythic Spoiler and check her out. But basically, it brought back some cards that were entirely obscure in Bearscape from Odyssey, which allows you, which is basically night soil, but for bears. You just exile yeah. two cards from your graveyard, and you make a bear. One, yep. one two, two bear, or two, two, two bears. I think it's one, two, one, two, two, two bear. bear. Yeah. And then that bear ETBs, it triggers your uh, mono green general who can either put counters on any bear you control, or the bear that entered can fight something else. So we saw Bearscape, and is it Words of Words Green? of Wilding? Words of there Wilding. Was the one, the which, flashback one that makes extra bears. Yeah. So uh, Words of Wilding is from a cycle in Onslaught, uh, the Words cycle, and it basically replaces any card draw. You can replace any card draw you have for the lowly price of one colorless mana and do a thing. In this case, it's make more bears. And so yeah. what we saw was uh, bear second bear legend released. And people just started going nuts. Apparently, bears are a tribe in EDH that was just on the fringe of playability, from what we're led to believe. So, you know, it goes up and people go go crazy in our Discord and all over the internet. And what we saw yeah. was a couple of guys in our in our Discord start moving in on on bear bear cards, you included. Bearscape, baby, I bought it. I did not. I I held off. Uh, this yeah. I, I am not an, uh, an, the example of agility in this one. I, I was staying steadfast in, in my lane. I was waiting for something else to come through. Worked yeah. out. And what we saw was people move in on these cards, and then Cardsphere locked down the trading because they were waiting for it to pop, and that happens. Uh, every spoiler, Cardsphere will just lock things down because they don't want people taking advantage of other people. They're trying to protect their user yeah. base, yeah. Which is, which is great. So there's a lot of movement on TCG Play and other sources instead. So some of our guys moved in on Bearscape and other things, and then almost immediately had 
turnarounds for them. So that arbitrage we talked about before, they were like, some of our guys were super nimble and just had outs immediately. They yep. knew that they were going to be selling to other speculators. So they chose options that would ship quickly. And instead of drop shifting, drop shipping, got their orders in two or three days and moved them immediately. And basically set up the deal as soon as they made it watching these yep. cards pop. They stepped outside TCG player and had other routes. Some of them waited for CS to come back up, I think two or three days later, and unlock the cards and move them immediately there, put them on CS lists. Yeah. And this is this is something that happens in every spoiler season. And you've got to figure out if you want to be agile and buy quick fire on something immediately because you think there's going to be a turn quick turnaround on it, there's enough buzz on it, where you know that you're not going to be selling to players. Players are not looking for these cards yet. These are other speculators. Which means that, you know, I, I like to talk about it like you're on the crest of the wave, right? When you do this yeah. stuff, like this is before the wave has even begun to crest. This The wave is forming and these people are just hoping that it turns into a fully formed wave and can just ride it into selling to other speculators. And that is like agility and being uh, nimble in this instance, just willing to tie up maybe 50 to $60 and all this stuff at quantities like X24 because it was all under a dollar. Yeah. And just... Out it through, out it immediately through things like uh, Facebook. Like I said, I think some people were doing it through Twitter. When CS came back back up, it was there. I think some people might have been. You can't do it in the CS Discord through channels. They'll ban you for that one. But yeah. other similar discords, people are going to try and move it. And I think that personally, if I'm not the kind of person that wants to tie up money like that, I yeah. saved my money for uh, yesterday morning. But I think it's a really interesting thing to practice. If if you think you have a called shot and you want to make this move, I think being agile in spoiler season is not a key to success, but can actually net you a lot more and higher and higher margins. Yeah, than significantly. Somebody, yeah, than somebody like me who made a spec and is going to have to sit on it for a while. Yeah. Because these cards are basically going to sit on my quote-unquote shelf for a bit. They're going to take up space. They're going to tie up money. I, I have a sunk cost in these versus the people yeah. who wanted to be agile and nimble and just buy in and move immediately, hoping that they can sell to other speculators or already yeah. having that out. You know, as soon as they bought the cards, it was done. The deal they was done. They had it sold off. What are you doing yeah. with all your bear stuff? Uh, I just killed Card Kingdom's buy list 30 seconds ago on this cast with all of my bearscapes. There you go. So... <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I've always been big on like buy list arbitrage and yep. stuff like that, just because I, I'm, I think my time is worth way more than it is. So, oh, oh, uh, oh that, absolutely. That, that makes it kind of easy. Um, but I, you know, I, what, what I basically do, and I've gone into this a little bit before is, so if I buy out something like this, all right, so say I spend $30 on Bearscapes at a quarter, mm -hmm. I'm going to sell enough to get my $30 back plus, you know, 20%. Great, I made my 20%. The rest of these are free. Yep. I'll throw a couple in a trade binder. I'll take a couple with me to Kansas City and buy list them to vendors there uh, and just basically go from there. You know, my, my hits this week... Uh, in the midst of all these spoilers, Homing Sliver was one of the first ones I got in on. Oh, yeah, Exclude, yeah. I already had a bunch of from middle school because that card is just an incredibly good tempo play. And I just bought some more foils of those. Yep. Um, it was that, Homing Sliver, I dug out my playset of Prohibits 
And I even was able to, just by looking at TCG after the first sliver was spoiled, find a foil Literally the first sliver, right? Yeah, Yeah. literally the first sliver. Yeah. Um, I found a foil Japanese Manaweft sliver for five bucks, and I have now sold it for 15 to someone on Facebook. Why not? Yeah. I, hey, it's there. The opportunity's there. And then when Genesis was spoiled, oh, yeah. uh, and th- this is one I'm actually going to sit on because I think Genesis is the type of effect that it's very unique. It's very powerful. It does something that doesn't really exist in the format. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fine to sit on. And Byless numbers are already, you know, it's on Card Kingdom's Byless for $12, and I paid sub 12 for all of the six copies I got. Okay. So. But that's something that I'm a little bit more confident in, just personally, based on how I feel about the card. No, so, it makes sense. I'm checking something out. Okay, I was right, kind of. Our, Genesis is, was only printed in Judgment, but I remember this card being so expensive for so long. And yeah. MTG stocks only has data back to October 12th, where it's $13, and slowly over time just trickled down into nothingness, because I guess yeah. everybody stopped playing him in EDH. It yeah, it, it stopped being a thing. Yeah, bottom down and at about five dollars. For some reason, I thought this was like a forty dollar card. At one point extended. during extended, it was. Yeah. Um, and then the other one that I bought in, and this is me being nimble, I guess, was foil goblin ringleaders. Yeah, we so, talked about that. Yeah, I, I got a couple of them because based on the goblins we've seen so far, there's one slot it could be in. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Scryfall, for your awesome number crunch. Yeah. But it's the type of effect that I think is good and limited, is not busted, and I have an out for him already mm-hmm. for a guy that will pay what I did, worst case scenario, in a week. Yeah. So we'll see when the spoilers are done and go from there. But, you know, 90% of what I've done, the bearscapes, the homing slivers, all that, already sold. Because I lined up, great, here's my margins, let's go, we're done. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I have left is I think I have uh, seven foil homing slivers from Miniature Market. I got to drive by there and pick up. Pick up so, yeah. no, but I, I like that. You know, you got to have the time and the outs to do it, or the, the time to create the outs to do it. And if you can, like I said, I think the you reap the rewards a lot faster than doing uh, something like I am, which is picking up a card that I have to sit and wait on. I assume I'm not going to have to sit and wait on it that long, but it's still, like I said, it takes up space. It ties up more money because of that and i'm not going to be able to just churn that i'm waiting for larger returns in the end hopefully than yeah what people were getting off of the bear stuff but i have to wait on it so i can't just churn it constantly like i couldn't just take all the money from what i'm going uh, to sell in a week because i doubt i'm going to be making that much and like buy infinite of the red black swords like, yeah not i'm not going to be able to do that kind of thing you know but it i think it's uh, it's a great practice for the people who have the time and the ability, and if you think that you have the, f- the free capital to tie up, it's probably something you should be looking into, but you're going to want to kind of dry run it once or twice yeah. beforehand. Uh, there are people that kind of subscribe to the, the faux speculation that uh, Chez Andres used to do, where every now and then he used to set up this... And people do it with the stock market too, and like in like high school and college uh, clubs, where you have X amount of dollars, and you yep. buy whatever you know, 
stocks, in this case magic cards, at, at a price that you think are going to go up. You buy your quantity and you basically spend your money and then you just track them over time. And this is the kind of thing where I, I would learn to make my picks uh, and dry run that and check yeah. on the money and then worry about your outs later. See what people, like, if you thought the bears were going to be good, look at the avenues with which people are trying to buy those bear-based cards. Is it Facebook? Is it Twitter? Uh, or did Bilo shoot up enough quickly to uh, make those returns? Note that down for the next set release in three months. You know, for yeah. the standard set. Then yep. try it with a standard set because master sets are different than standard sets. So everything's going to be a little different. You know, maybe you want to have an eye when it comes to standard and you want to look only at eternal playable cards, which there generally are maybe somewhere between 0.75 and 1 eternal playable card in every standard set right now. Meaning yeah. modern and older. You know, if you want to look at that, you got to spend a lot of time reading the spoiler and paying attention to various uh, subreddits and groups like we've talked about already. But it, it, it can definitely be worth your time and worth your money. And from that, I just want to segue straight into picks because we came to uh, the same conclusion through conversation. We're coming at the same card, but different directions. So yeah. uh, this week, uh, a card was spoiled via an official, official Watsi channel. Surprise, surprise, they were able to get this one out. Somebody else didn't grab it. Unbound right. Flourishing. It is basically uh, doubling season, but for X-Spells. So it's an enchantment for two and a green. Well, hopefully you can read it. I got it up on screen. Whenever you cast a permanent spell with a monocost X, uh, that contains X, double the value of X. So what does that mean? Well, if you're casting a Hydra, for instance, you double that X in the Hydra cost. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell or activate an ability... If that spell's mana cost or that ability's activation cost contains X, copy that spell or ability. You may choose new targets. So if you cast Fireball, you get a new Fireball. You can target something else. But, and this is where we came at this card from different directions, I chose a card with an activated ability that requires creature... Sorry. A card that requires uh, creature-activated abilities in Simic Ascendancy. It's a card that says win the game on it, which is generally pretty powerful for EDH. Yeah. Uh, really cheap in price for the uh, yeah. for that point in time. So, if I bring up the, the MTG Stocks page for it, you can see it basically started at some number that was ridiculous in $4 and just kind of bottoms out to like 25 cents and eventually comes back up towards a dollar. Yeah. And this is a card that requires onboard setup. So, in blue-green, you have no shortage of creatures and other permanents that involve X on them. And Simic Ascendancy only requires... 20 counters to win the game. So if you just have Unbound Flourishing in play and pump 10 through a Hydra, ta-da! You got there. Uh, Pretty quickly. Yeah, beginning of your upkeep. So you can cash, cast Hydroid Crisis at the end of the person's turn to your right for 10 and win. Ta-da! And... All versions of this card, except for the Seth Foil, were underpriced on TCG Player. If I was looking at Bilas Values, which I was. Yeah. Card Kingdom uh, was buying this for $0.29, cents, 33 trade. I think that's still the price on it. We might see an update on Monday yep. if things flow through. Uh, I bought 84 copies at $0.49 cents, uh, from one vendor. Uh, that's They're out of stock now. And then I went across TCG Player, and I bought out a... I didn't buy it, sorry. I bought a handful of... Not set foils, but the pre-release promos that were underpriced. Those are sweet, yeah. yeah. There were some pre-release promos that were actually cheaper than CK Buy List. And 
than the a handful of the launch party promos that have completely different art. Yeah. The problem is that right now nobody cares about the launch promo, so I didn't buy a lot of them. I think I have like eight or so. Yeah. I figure in time it's unique art. They'll dry up because it's a limited quantity, more limited than uh, set rare, and we'll see that go up. It's not like trying to bank on the the pre-release promo, which is stamped and thus creates this, a smaller uh, audience than yeah. a non-stamped foil. But I spent I spent about forty-five minutes scouring as many vendor sites as I possibly could, looking at the average cost across them, and then the uh, compared solely against the CK buy list. Uh, for yesterday morning and at 49 cents for those 84 copies and somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 cents for the other ones that i picked up off tcg player all i need ck bylas to do is effectively double which seems like a lot but we're talking about 20 some cents to not even yeah. a dollar and that's not bad at all yeah no and i think i threw like 40 dollars at this whole thing and have over 100 copies of simic ascendancy coming to me and sure this is a spec that I'm going to have to sit on because I need Modern Horizons to hit and I need pe people yeah. to pick up Unbound Flourishing and then I need people to work on Unbound Flourishing. This is a two-color card, right? So you need somebody be to be playing Simic, Sultai, Teamer, any combination that involves blue-green. So I'm banking on this as a long-term hold. It's going to go in the same box as my Infinite Sunbirds Invocations and my uh, <laughs> Bounty of Luxa. Yeah. I've, I've still got a ton of those, too. One day we'll get there. Yeah, I just have a 1K labeled infinite quantity specs, and it's just going to go in there, and I'm just going to keep picking them up as, if they stay under, you know, 60 cents. I'll just keep buying them up. Yeah. The card literally wins you the game if you cast Hydroid Crisis for five with this one other card in play. It's a three-card combo. Like, I don't... Come on, These players got to eat that up. Yeah. Unbound Thrashing costs three to cast, one less than doubling season. Simic Ascendancy costs two. With Alchemist Refuge, you can pretty much dump this on the board with Mana Acceleration and probably win somewhere around the neighborhood of turn seven. It's just like, yep. dump it all out, you're good. The end. Like, whatever. I, I would not be surprised if in years' time, this is not a $5 card, just because it literally wins the game that easily. Yeah. I, it's... Sim similar to Sarkin's Unsealing, it's one of those cards that I think, one, it has some, it has flavor going for it, because oh. everyone loves Simic, everyone builds a plus one, plus one counter deck. It's just like Angels and Life Gain, everybody builds that deck. Yeah. And just sitting on it for like a year, and I said this when I picked Sarkin's Unsealing, I think in a year, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see it as a $5 card, because EDH loves this. Yeah. So... Uh, I tackled it from a little bit different direction. I went for Helix Pinnacle, uh, which has somewhat dried up since we posted this in the Discord the other day, probably because this is one of the more obvious choices. Yes. So, you know, Helix Pinnacle, it's in a set that wasn't really opened a whole lot. Uh, Eventide, the print run was low. Mm hmm and it's one green mana X, put X tower counters on it. If there's 100 or more on it, you win the game. This one has mono green going for it, and mono green loves to ramp as much as possible. Uh, additionally, and I don't think a lot of people necessarily know this, uh, take the non-English filter, like put the non-English filter on. Include non-English cards when you search for something. For example, Helix Pinnacle. English low is $24. There are Japanese copies available for sub-14. So you can pick these up and trade them out at English price, no problem, 
and immediately make $10 on it from someone at an LGS just because they need the card and they're not upset at paying the extra. And generally, especially from this era, foreign language cards had a huge premium because we didn't have a global marketplace like we do now. Like, yeah. When Rep and I were talking about how the English, the non-English foil multiplier was infinite back then, this is back then. Yeah. And it's something that I don't see them printing an effect like this probably ever again. It's from a low print run set. I mean, your only opportunity really to get this is in a EDH set. Yep. And I can't imagine, you know, this is a very much build around card. What deck are you going to throw this in? This is also unique because it's an enchantment with a keyword. Yes. This thing has shroud. Yeah. As an enchantment. Yeah. So it's pesky. Real weird. Uh, and that's, you know, it sort of spiked over the weekend, obviously, like I said, but this is something that I can see even outside of this card getting printed, even outside of what Modern Horizons does for it. I think long-term, this is easily a 30 40 $45 card. Yeah. Because I just don't think it's going to get printed again. Nope. Uh, we were talking about this before uh, the cast. Where we were just look I was looking at a Helix Pinnacles graph, and market and average have basically been... Uh, married for the majority of uh, 2018 and we finally see the break between the two on the 24th and we've talked about this before when those two combine or, or they just kind of dance around each other eventually in a short order that the card is just going to go up yeah people are going to realize that these numbers are finally colliding and it needs to be uh repriced because de demand is kind of out outpacing supply and you can price it up and people will buy it at that point the other thing that I like about Helix Pentacle that, that's a little more unique than Simic Ascendancy is that if you're going to play this card, you, you're already playing Doubling Season. And I believe the way that Unbound, Flourishing, and Doubling Season work together is if you put 25 counters on this thing in one shot, Doubling Season is going to double that to 50. Unbound Flourishing is going to copy that ability of the original 25, and Doubling Season and will double. double that one again. So uh -huh. like, you just... Boop, that's it. Yep. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you can... Spend 25 mana at the end of the person's turn to your right again. You can just dump in and win. Or trickle it up over time. Whatever you want. But I think yeah. that's how it works. It but... is. And uh, you get to choose the order it stacks in, obviously. So yeah, yeah. it doesn't really matter. Either way, you're ending up with 100 of those. Mm -hmm. like, Great. Yeah. I like Helix Pinnacle as a card because uh, we just talked about quantity versus uh, like reprintability and the ever-waning supply on this card. And outside of a commander set like uh, this card's not coming back because it's an enchantment with shroud yeah they don't like shroud at, as a keyword now in standard mm -hmm. we may be in a master set for some ungodly reason but that would be weird why would you put this yeah know. what what master set are you going to put that in where it makes sense it just it doesn't yeah they, they they reprinted Test of Endurance on Felidar Sovereign and then reprinted Felidar Sovereign, so I would I would expect to see a creature version of this card before we see this card. Okay. Yeah, absolutely, I can see that. I But like you said, I don't think we see... Excuse me, I don't think we see it on an enchantment again. No, no. And, There's no way. No, and with Unbound Flourishing now, this is, just creates a, another new uh, wrinkle in the, in the demand paradigm. Yeah. Because it's easier to win now with Unbound Flourishing. Much, so, much easier. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I think your evaluation is correct in regards to pricing. I just can't imagine this card ever stopping. 
Yeah, I I just don't see literally unless they print it in a commander set, and at that point, you know, if you've got foils, you're safe. Yeah. There's nothing they can do to decrease the price. It's just not going to happen. No, uh, and the only you could see it go up faster if they ever decide to reprint doubling season. Yeah. One That's day, maybe, yeah. maybe. Yeah. I should have gone back and checked the graph to see what happened to this card when they reprinted Doubling Season and Battle Bond. Yeah. Uh, can I get there? No, this is being weird. All right. Rip. Yeah. Eh, whatever. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. We can toss it up later. But uh, that's it for all we wanted to talk about today. And uh, next week we will have the winner of the uh, Patreon giveaway. Yes. That will be uh, determined and announced before we go live and we will announce it live yep we sure will uh we will be posting early this week in the discord what it is so mm -hmm. everyone or no we already did sorry yes. we just closed already yeah uh we will be delayed next week i will be at grand prix kansas city uh working a booth so feel free feel free to swing by there is also a middle school fnm we're co-sponsoring out that way nice so make sure you check it out yep uh, I'll actually be working Grand Prix uh, Washington, D.C. in June. I think that is my Ooh. only Grand Prix of the year left. I'm not, unless somebody tasks me for something in the fall. I've got nothing else over the summer. So uh, I might be at SCG Atlanta for funsies. Nice. But I'll, I still need to figure that out because I get ratted like a parcel flying south from here. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, aside from that, uh, I am at Halt I Am Reptar on Twitter. At Thirsty Sizzler. We are at MTG Cabalcast on Twitter and Patreon. We are still taking submissions for the Uma Box giveaway. We are trickling up towards 100 patrons, and as soon as we hit that, we will uh, cash in and uh, toss out get the announcement of who's won. And then yep. get that lucky winner a shipped box of Uma. So feel free to see All right, guys. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it.